this is Luscious Lou, and I listen to the Comic Syndicate. If you love comics, you'll be anywhere. Listen to listen to the Comic Syndicate. If movies movies make you contemplate, just science will commentate. Twitter for communication at Comic Syndicate One. I was Johnny Then I found the one I need at long last Book reviews, the news, and sex facts It's more than anyone can ask for The Comic Syndicate Podcast The Comic Syndicate Podcast The Comic Syndicate Podcast Yeah, yeah, yeah The Comic Syndicate Welcome to another episode of Comic Syndicate. Check them out at comicsyndicate.podbean.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to the Comic Syndicate, episode 327. I'm your host, Josiah Sapp, for the villain on Twitter, at comic underscore syndicate on Instagram. What's up, guys? Uh, thank you for everyone that checked up on me uh, for my bruised ribs. Um, yeah, I feel a lot better, but I'm still a little bit banged up. But let's hit it like we normally do what we spoke about 100 episodes ago. Episode 227, I entitled Hashtag Stud in First. This week at For the Villain goes into what we spoke about 100 episodes ago. Hit some quick bullet points on the Comic Syndicate Fantasy Football League 2018. Jeez, I fucking miss doing those. Roll some teaser interview options. Interesting. I don't even remember what interviews I had lined up. It could have been the, if it was 2018, August is when I recorded that, August 29th. So possibly WonderCon. Uh, if it wasn't WonderCon, San Diego Comic Con, uh, the last one I went to prior to this year's uh, 2023's uh, San Diego Comic Con, uh, the last one I interviewed Kevin Conroy, uh, the cast of Batman Beyond. Um, so William Friedel, uh, the kid from Boy Meets World, was was uh, the voice of Terry McGinnis, Batman. Um, let me see. Uh, the Impractical Jokers I interviewed there. I want to say the Rick Remender interview, but yeah, um, anyways, wanted to give some background there. Give some Summer Movie Draft 2018 updates. Okay, this is very cool for any new listeners. Uh, every year, uh, we have I have a bunch of friends, so Alan puts it together. Alan Anton, Carl is in it, Roslyn's in it, Carl's daughter Gianna's in it, I'm in it, and it's a Summer, summer Movie Draft is exactly what it is. It's kind of like a fantasy football league in, in essence. Uh, so we each start off with 100 quote-unquote credits. And uh, we literally pulled out pull out names of movies for that particular summer, and uh, we bet on it. It's an auction. I'll pay eighty for Barbie, essentially. Now, what? Uh, how we win or determine a winner is domestically how well that movie does. The first four weeks domestically. Uh, goes into your bank and all the movies you purchased. Same thing with those ones. First four weeks domestically, that it, that movie grosses. Whoever has the most money at the end uh, wins the fucking wins the summer league, summer movie draft league. Uh, we did another one this year, and I was in second fucking place. I wanted my title back. I think I've won the title four times, um, so no one ever wants me to win when we do the summer movie draft. And Carl smashed us up this year. The movie, uh, he had two movies in particular that were 
huge fucking movies. One of them, we all had an idea. The other one was a fucking wild card. Uh, first one he picked up that, that scored him a lot of fucking cash, uh, throughout was Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Uh, or yeah, into the Spider-Verse. Uh, second movie he picked up and he picked up a bunch of movies. We all had about five to six movies. And, um, the second movie that, Again, the wild card nobody knew was going to be fucking ginormous. I'm pretty sure you guys all know is Barbie. Barbie put him above and beyond everyone. So even though I'm second place, I was a distant second fucking place. But this is always something we love doing. And we've been doing, geez, I want to say the past eight years probably now. And it's just fucking fun we do. And it's a $25 buy-in and whoever wins wins the pot so uh it's normally a you know good sized pot so uh just want to give love to carl since he finally won his uh first summer movie draft this year 2023 all right finally nails some comic talk comic news big bang theory ending with a tangent top gun 2 the predator netflix game of thrones okay top gun 2 great finally saw it uh earlier this year fantastic fucking movie love the fuck out of it the predator which was prey on uh not netflix on hulu was a great fucking movie i loved the fuck out of it it was probably in my top five in uh movies of the year last year 2022 that i never got to record the bear season one was like best uh, show of the year for me anyways uh game of thrones big trouble in little china 2 question mark marvel oscar black panther disney guardians of the galaxy crazy news dc extended universe aquaman the batman movie news then hits a dope tom king the vision marvel comics is to be a required reading is to be on required reading list at California University, uh, which is very cool. Well, I don't know why I stumbled over that. Then finally, rock some comic reviews. Cosmic Ghost Rider number two. Donnie Cates was the writer. Dylan Burnett was the artist. Antonio Fabella was the colorist. Uh, so, yeah, that's what we hit 100 episodes ago. Uh, this is going to be a quick show, but I have a lot to talk about, like always. Um, everyone, again, that sent me love. Um, Thank you so much. I, I am okay. I'm, I'm still hurting. You don't realize how much you use a body part until you're banged up. I haven't been this banged up in a while. Um, and thinking about it, like uh, the last time I had bruised ribs was on my right side and was in high school when I was wrestling. The big difference between then and now is, number one, I was in fucking stud, stud shape. Um, and number one, the age factor. I, the thing that sucked back then, though, and I knew it sucked back then, was sneezing coughing hurt and the fact that i would still have to go to the trainer every day before fucking practice just to get fucking heavily taped up so i can work out (laughs) was not the best thing um people should be doing but you know what you you gotta play through um injuries and i know it's a fucked up thing and in thinking about that like okay you know, you're walking too fast, just as you're moving too fast. Even getting into your, my car to go to work, it's – I sit down and I'm in such a rush that I, I'm, the way I sit down and, again, such, such a rush, I sit down and it's like, fuck, dude, be gentle to yourself. So the age factors is a thing and the the fact that I do have a great healing factor and my healing factor just takes a little bit longer to, to help the recuperation process. Um, I say all that to say this. Uh, I came across an article that I thought was interesting that I'm going to go through and read real quick. So even though it's not going to be a long show, um, I, I do have an article that I'm going to share. But um, before I get there right now, uh, again, thanks for everyone for checking up on me. Uh, 
these next few people jacob from the weird street podcast uh please listen to him and his wife eva on that podcast they're a great team they're a great show it's very informative it's a cool show uh and he hit me up right away he's like dude i would love to fucking collaborate with you again yes jacob same dude he said i, I don't care if it's a deep dives or a, a comic syndicate episode let's just get together like i miss shooting the shit with jacob he's a good dude he's got a good heart he's a smart knowledgeable dude um so yeah i love jacob so thanks for listening homie next one is going to be oh no not another one hosted by sarah kitsinitz and Derek krantz uh dude yeah and sarah Hitsmith, like yeah fucking let's do it let's find some time to collab and yeah dude i'm totally down to do it um so yes thank you uh the next one last but not least always listen to my boy adam garza on the comics and tortillas podcast he hosts that with hector cornejo and ben davis ben hector adam and i have a group chat now uh which is cool we talk about football but we talk about everything we shoot the shit um i have not met ben before i've met hector and hung out with hector before we've hung out at conventions together with adam um we've had dinner together cool guy uh I, I encourage you guys, if you guys listen to pop culture, if you guys like a comic review podcast, they're really good together. And something really cool is I got to talk to Adam yesterday, Sunday. There were a lot of uh, terrible football games on. So I had a lot of time to read and I have a lot of reviews to go through, which are going to be good and, and quick for the most part. But I got to talk to my boy Adam last night and it was cool to talk to him and chat with him and catch up with him on his life and to see how he's doing and uh i guess he had me on speaker so margo heard the conversation in the background so i got to say hi to margo and i haven't seen her and i haven't seen adam and i haven't seen these guys in the longest time but to talk to them and just catch up with them and he's like so how are you doing i was like no i'm not done i'm not done homie like i'm not done finding out about you yet so it was a great conversation and i do miss you adam and whatever i told you <laughs> whatever i told you uh what i did tell you uh, door is always open, dude. Door is completely fucking always open. You know that. And just hit me up. And yes, fuck yeah, let's rock the fuck out of it. And I know you probably need it more than I do. Although, I, I fucking need it, dude. So, um, yeah. Find my boy, Adam Garza, the Comics and Tortillas podcast. Uh, last one. Question of the week. Question of the week. Question of the week. Do I want to do this? You know what? Yeah, fucking, because I did kind of go into it. Um, is uh i didn't know how gnarly i wanted to go but off of last week's review um after i put out the episode i'm like fuck dude you kind of dropped the ball you did have a question of the week you just didn't know it at the time um have your mind and body ever conflicted with each other and no i'm not asking the mind body question like oh i shouldn't fuck that guy because he's an asshole but i'm so gonna fuck that guy because he's hot not not that type of question dude um but you know what? Now, if any ladies have any of those stories, please send those over as well. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, what I mean is, is when you were a kid and adolescent, even now as an adult, when you're beat up, banged up, when your body is just so beat up from the day to day that your mind says, no, it's just another fucking day. Like, let's keep on going. Or where your mind says, okay, fuck me. Now it's time to tap out. Like, we need to give yourself some rest. Um and I came across that question because the Batman review where Bat Bruce Wayne proper is beat the fuck up. He's going through a lot of shit on an emotional level, a mental level, a physical level. And once he puts on the suit, he's like, no, but Batman doesn't feel those things. Like he's doing it to himself. And I know I'm doing it to myself too. Um, I, Eric, I love you, homie. He's told me a bunch of times 
do Josiah Sear burning the candle at both ends. And that's kind of the way I live my life. Kind of dangerously, very dangerously. I don't really slow down often, if at all. Um, so with the bruised ribs, I mean, I guess that's a good essentially point on, on why. And my mind, I know I'm fucking good. Like, do I need to go to the doctor? No, I've had this before. It, it'll pass. And one week to the next, it's been a week yesterday, and I feel a lot fucking better. Like, I can still, it still hurts a little bit, just a little sore and tender when when I take a deep breath. Um, so I'm I'm good though. Like, and sleeping on my left side honestly fucking sucks a dick. Um, that sounds terrible. Uh, it sucks a dick sleeping on my left side. Um, but it does, and it it does. It's sore, you know. But that's the the me in me, you know. Like that's how I work, and, and I know it's I'm not the kindest to myself on every level, but physically as well. Um. Again, that was the question of the week. So uh, have your mind and body ever conflicted with each other? Um, and even on, on any level, you guys want to look into this. If you guys want to look into this deeper, if you guys want to look at on an existential existential level, please do send me those. I'm very curious on, on how you guys feel. And, Lan, I know you were in a car accident, geez, I want to say a year ago. So even being in an accident like that, uh, how mentally – it can bang you up and beat you up, like not just the physical, definitely the physical, because I know you were banged up. Um, so the physical, but even the mental getting behind the steering wheel again, I know it's a mental fuck um, where you have to get over as, as well. Um, and your body telling you like, OK, it's time to do it again. Or even your mind telling your body like it's time to go to work again. So so those are the things I'm talking about. All right, and it, hopefully it's going to make sense. I came across this um, this article, and I thought, again, it was interesting. So I'm going to read it to you. And, yeah, let me know what you guys think about this one. Now, precursor, uh, I came from a di different generation, um, completely different generation, different fucking world. Um, so the precursor is that. And uh, let's talk about the demographic for the show real quick. Uh, demographic for the Comic Syndicate podcast is – Honestly, 30 to 45, like that's the solid demographic. Uh, we used to have a lot of youngsters listening, like 17, 18 year olds. And I believe the youngest I've ever had was a 14 year old because a 14 year old drew me um, a black bolt drawing and it said the comic syndicate and it was just fucking cool because the kid was a black bolt fan and i had interview inter i interviewed black bolt um i i reviewed an inhumans uh comic and this kid latched on and it was cool talking to this kid for for a good month i know it sounds terrible i was talking to some kid um and and this kid kind of fell off <laughs> now 14 years old I, I haven't hit sex facts in a long time. I haven't hit relationship issues facts in a long time. I haven't hit what the fuck news in a long time. So I know a lot of the things I used to talk about were very – look, I'm explicit for a reason everywhere. I put myself to be explicit for that fucking reason because I don't want to be PR with everyone because this is fuck sugarcoating everything. I just – I'm explicit. That's the way I am. So I know that – Possibly hurts the demographic of the podcast because I'm not kid-friendly. I wasn't kid-friendly. I'm probably more kid-friendly now. <laughs> I know this is such a long precursor. Um, so, yeah, the demographic w is within that age bracket, and um, I don't mind it at all. Like, like, I'd rather have people my age, like-minded people as well, that listen. Um, 
So again, like I said, different world, different generation. This article, 11 insane things that were acceptable for children in the 1960s. Came across this, again, thought it was interesting. Many of the behaviors that were deemed ordinary for children in the 1960s would be mortifying to people today. If parents from the 60s were to raise their children in the same manner in today's world, they might find social services knocking on their doors. As time progresses, so do parenting methods and the level of supervision and exposure provided to children. The world has become less safe, and individuals are now more vigilant about health and safety than they were back then. If you grew up in the 1960s, you're likely to recognize some of these norms and practices. Okay, uh, final precursor. I grew up in the 80s. I, 1980, I was born. I grew up in the 80s completely. So a lot of these ones I grew up with too. And again, the demographic, this is where I'm, I'm curious about all you guys because I know you guys – we're the same ages. You guys know a lot of these things. And if you guys have never uh, been through them or seen them or experienced them, let me know the ones you have and haven't experienced. The first one, corporal punishment. Kids today know their rights and may even recite them for you. But most of the 60s kids grew up knowing beating was never an empty threat. Punishment by beating was common, but it was not the best form of discipline as many parents weren't very reasonable with it. Many kids grew up fearing their parents because of this. Let's start there right out of the gate, dude. Yes, uh, El Chancla, El Cinto. Um, we got our asses kicked as kids. Um, we fucking learned, though. How do you guys feel about it? Now, in today's world, I know, look, I don't hit my nephews and nieces ever. Like, I don't touch them. And I don't feel that's, that's the way to go about it. I talk to them. And I talk to them sternly. But, I mean, guys, everyone that's listening right now... Um, yeah, how do you guys feel about it? Uh, I know it sucks because, like the article just mentioned, people did take it too far, and it's never – look, it wasn't the best thing, but fucking god damn it, I fucking learned. Like, I did. Um, yeah, how about you guys? Uh, next one is going to be number two, running in the streets. Parents let uh, kids run in the streets as much as they wanted without much supervision, and they were deemed pretty safe. Today, even sending a child to the mailbox is a nerve-wracking errand in some parts of the country. Yeah, running in the streets. Uh, got to fuck. Uh, we got to fucking play outside. Um, as soon as the as soon as it gets dark, come home. That's it. Like I don't give a fuck what you do. <laughs> Just go out, play, um, and literally running in the streets. Yeah, we used to play fucking football. <laughs> we used to play smear or something. You can't say anymore. Um, smear the dude with the ball is what I'll call it. That was a legit game we fucking played. But again, different world, different generation. But on the fucking street. <laughs> so, yes. Yes, sign me up for that one too because running the streets, yes. Smoking around kids. You can barely smoke around non-smoking adults today. But smoking around children was pretty common in the 60s. Many people didn't know about secondhand smoke dangers. And even pregnant mothers and new mothers smoked around their children. Huge, yes. Uh, giant factor. You would see women smoking. Um I remember as a kid going to restaurants and people were fucking smoking everywhere. Would you like to sit in the smoking or not smoking section? It was a fucking thing. Do you guys remember those days? Uh, I am a smoker now. I've been a smoker. I know it sounds terrible, but I mean, I'm not going to bullshit you guys. I smoke. I vape more now than anything because I'm working the second job. Working at a restaurant, I started smoking again. Um, and it sucks. I know I should quit, but you guys don't know that world. But again, smoking around your kids was a huge fucking thing. My uncle smoked when we were younger. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's a thing. It was a thing. 
especially around kids. No, number four, no seatbelts or car seats. The airbags we swear by today and the car seats we can't be allowed to leave the hospital without were not invented until the 70s and 80s. Kids could ride even on the front seat without a seatbelt arm. Mom's arms were enough to hold them in place when she needed to apply emergency brakes. Yeah, I mean, uh, not only that, yeah, even to even one up that one, uh, sitting in trucks, flatbed trucks with nothing, no seatbelts, <laughs> and uncles were driving fast, and I'm gonna hit this fucking bump real quick in the road. And you see a bunch of kids just fucking popping up and down in the back of the flatbed. Again, different fucking world uh no one ever got hurt but holy shit that happened speaking of not getting hurt wow number five no nets on trampolines trampolines today are like armored vehicles impenetrable in all ways this is a funny funny article thank you guy uh well the kids in the 60s didn't enjoy trampolines with netting all around kids were around to jump around and hopefully they wouldn't break their necks or ankles okay yeah um <laughs> funny story um I went to someone's house, a group of my my homies, so this was high school era, so 18, 19, Josiahs. Uh, we were all about the same ages. You know, I was, after even wrestling high school, I was in shape, and um, we went to somebody's house in fucking Riverside somewhere, and um, they had a giant backyard with a giant trampoline. And we're like, fuck it, can we, can we hop on? Yeah, just take off your shoes. Fuck yeah, let's do it. A few of us jumped on it, not a lot of us. <laughs> um and I'm, I start doing fucking backflips and I'm doing backflips. Cause I mean, I'm still pretty nimble and I'm still pretty agile at 43. Now, back then I was also didn't give a fuck as much. This trampoline in particular was, was on a slight hill. And so my tra- trajectory, I'm doing these backflips and I do one. I can go higher too. And the second one, I, I do a backflip. And because I was on a slant, because a trampoline was on a slant on this hill, I do a second backflip. And little did I know that as, I, as I'm doing this backflip, like uh, the hill, I'm coming down on the trampoline. So I do this backflip. And instead of landing on the trampoline, it just shoots me off. And I land on my feet off of the trampoline on the fucking grass. And everyone's like, oh, fucking good fucking job. That was dope. And I'm like, holy shit, I could have broken something right now. It's a fucking thing. Um, so someone trampolines with nets? Pussies, dude. Pussies. Um, yeah, I, I have not been in a trampoline since, really. Number six, walking to school. All those escapades and the boomers tell you about their going to school trips are true. Walking one hour in the snow uphill. There was barely any being dropped. Uh, barely anyone being dropped off at a bus carpool or a parent. Okay. Kids mainly were sent on their jolly way to school by themselves. Yes. Um, Oh my God, this scary world we live in. Uh, my nephews and my nieces, Jacob and Talia, would I want them to walk to school? I did it when I was a younger kid. Um, I, I think for me is knowing Josiah can take care of himself. Even back then, probably still not the best to be doing it. But growing up, like, yeah, we, we were walking every fucking where. Um, taking the bus and, and go, going to the beach, walking, to, walking to places we should not be walking to, um, late at night. Um, but yes, was, it was a thing. Uh, next one is going to be, uh, no helmets. Number seven, no helmets on bikes. Cycling without a helmet today is a capital offense for many kids. You will see them on their bikes looking like astronauts before parents knew the dangers of knocking their heads on the pavement. Kids rode bikes without helmets. Yes. Completely fucking true. Um, I still do as an adult. The only time I proper wear a helmet 
and gear. Well, not gear. Just a helmet. I'm like, do I wear – no, I don't wear wristbands. I wear biking gloves is when I go mountain bike riding uh, because mountain bike – look, I don't find riding a bike on the streets dangerous. Like I still don't trust drivers. Drivers are fucking idiots. Um, and as much as I trust myself, mountain bike riding, uh, it's so much more dangerous. Um, the, the speeds you catch, uh, the rocks that – the hills, the hops, the jumps, the the swerves, the turns, uh, the speed, the momentum. Um, you can get launched the fuck off your fucking bike, and that's the only time. That's and that's the only gear I wear proper is when I go mountain bike riding, and it's only a helmet. It's not like I wear knee pads, elbow pads. Probably should, but as long as I don't hurt my head, is probably my number one thing. But um, yeah, so that's interesting that I don't do that. Next one is going to be number eight, hitchhiking. The closest uh, kids today get to hitchhiking is getting an Uber. And even then, they have to share their trip with the whole village. Hitchhiking was a common thing in the 1960s, and many kids got free rides by lifting their thumbs on the highway. Not going to lie, yeah, did it. Um, sucks. Shouldn't have, especially when you hear stories like this. Someone got hacked up hitchhiking. Um not going to lie, again, did it. Number nine, also did, <laughs> drinking direct from the hose. Today's kids know how to only drink from the dispenser or the water bottle, but drinking from the hose was common. There wasn't much bottled water in the 60s, and the hoses posed danger from lead, but wasn't a well-known fact. That's all I got to say about that, dude. We shouldn't have been doing that one, um, but we did it. Uh, I know I'm not the only one. Again, how many of these things have you guys experienced? So far, I'm nine for nine. Number 10, no sunscreen. We know that sunscreen is good for you now, and your skin will be very grateful when you're older. Kids in the older days didn't quite get sunscreen. The greater need was to get a tan. Very fucking true. Um, Sunblock, not until my later years, um, always suntan. I mean, yeah, I'm a Hispanic kid. Like, I needed it anyways. But um, no, I had sunblock not until way later. Number 11, uh, swimming, oh, solo swimming on the beach. It doesn't sound like an excellent idea today due to the number of predators prowling around. But some children will, would be allowed to go to the water on their own as long as they stayed within their parents' eye shot. That last sentence right there, as long as you were in eye shot with, from your parents. But yeah, swim fucking deep into the ocean, mijo. Fuck it. You got this. So by the time little Josias gets pulled into the ocean by the current, poof gone Josias. Um, poof, John, poof gone all of us. Um, but yeah, it's a thing. Um, okay, on that note too, let's talk about the swimming thing. So this also went through, um, but different generation, different world. I learned how to swim. I know it's not proper because I wouldn't do this to my nephews and nieces now. It's like, you want to learn how to swim, mijo? My, my tios, Uncle Eddie, Tio Eddie, Tio Tony, like, yeah, Uncle, vamonos, tío. And, all right, here you go. And they just chucked you into the fucking deep end. And you're going to fucking learn? Like, I wouldn't do that to kids nowadays. And it's funny to think. Look, all these fucking things are fucking funny to think about. So it wasn't just 60s kids. It was 80s kids we I particularly 11 for 11 on these. Um, and even the learning how to swim. Like, how many of you guys learned how to swim that way? All right. Um, that Again, I thought it was an interesting article. Um, I'll be right back with some comic talk.
Hey, this is Scott Snyder. I'm writing All-Star Batman uh, this year, and you're listening to the Comic Syndicate. I'm Mitch Garrett, the artist and sheriff of Babylon. I'm Tom King, the writer and sheriff of Babylon, and you're listening to the Comic Syndicate. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to the Comics Syndicate. Hi, my name is Brian Buccellato, and I listen to Comics Syndicate. Hi, this is Chris Michelle. We're hanging out here at Frank and Sons, and we're having a good time on a Sunday or Saturday afternoon, and uh, you're listening to me live on Comic Syndicate. Hi, this is Brian Michael Bendis, and you are listening to the Comics Syndicate. Comic Comic Talk. All right, guys. Welcome back to Comic Talk. Um, I had fun with that article. It sucks. Uh, that's the world again. Different time, different world, different fucking place. But again, please send me like – did you guys experience any of those? Sorry to go back to that one. Uh, let's hit some reviews. I had some comic news, but I'm not going to hit it. I got a, had a lot of time to read yesterday. Again, a lot of shitty football games. I got to see the Niners game that was televised. And I got to sleep in a little bit, and I'm like, okay, what do I have televised? That's not a good game. That's not a good game. Uh, I'm, I never really do that for football Sundays. I normally enjoy make my coffee, set my roster, my fantasy football roster, and, and you know make myself a good breakfast and so I can enjoy the games and then have a good lunch and then open up a beer and enjoy football. That's normally my days um, with a lot of terrible games and then the Raiders Jets game last night um sucked <laughs> uh, it got interesting at the end but anyways um so I had a lot of time to read first one is going to be a sky- skybound image comics this is going to be Transformers number two Daniel Warren Johnson is the writer and the artist Mike Spicer is the colorist Russ Wooten is the letterer um I really enjoy the way this one started off out of the gate so it starts off with Optimus Prime uh, after getting away from Starscream and the Decepticons from the prior issue, they're somewhere in a deep forest now. And as Optimus Prime is surveying the land, checking the scenery out, um, and as he's observing, he says, what beauty. It's unbelievable. And as we see Crunch, and it's like, what the fuck? And as he looks down, he sees his foot, and he realizes he just stepped on an animal, hence the Crunch. And I'm like, this is fucking nuts already. So he looks down and he's like, yeah, and it's just cool to see how Optimus Prime being Optimus Prime, how legit terrible he feels about destroying, smashing this fucking deer. And, you know, we get a conversation now between Optimus Prime and Spike now where Optimus Prime gives the quick breakdown with the war on Cybertron and the conflict with the Decepticons. So just giving you the backstory, the narrative that we're all used to anyways. Um, So it's a retelling of Transformers. Um, Then we see Cliff Jumper arrive and... He's finding the human kids very scary, which is which is funny. Um, the way he interacts with with uh, Carly, the girl, uh, the friend of Spike, uh, is just cool to see. Um, so now we literally uh, come to the next pages panels um, where we see Cliff Jumper is trying to bring back the rest of the Autobots, but they don't have enough energon to bring the rest of the team back to life. So it's so far just them two, Cliff Jumper and Optimus Prime, uh, working in in. In a quarry, um, like a metal quarry. So they have parts to help out the Autobots, bring them back to life. But again, they don't have the energon needed to bring them proper back to life. So it's very interesting. And, and as the conversation continues, Optimus says something stupid like, I hope the Decepticons are in the same situation we're in. And, um, and they're not in the same 
boat at all. Um, you know, with the lack of energon, which of course, you know, they don't, they happen to score, the Decepticons happen to score, uh, some equipment from the Ark, um, the spaceship, the Autobot spaceship. They steal a bunch of equipment from there and then they, they end up going to like a, a, a some sort of destination word, uh, like a, not a cell tower, but they're able to get electricity to use as some sort of energy energon to bring their Decepticons back to life. So it's like, no, completely opposite. You guys are fucked Autobots. Like, you guys are always fucked. So it was just really cool um, now to see cops show up to stop the Decepticons. They don't know what the fuck they are. Um, and the way the Decepticons dispatch the, the cops are, are, is nuts to see because they just step on them. And it's like, fuck, like, this is gangster, dude. Like, they're they're killing these people, but they're... Like they they know they're giant robots, and they know it doesn't take a lot to call what uh, Starscream calls these squishies. Um, is fucking funny. So now there's an air unit that gets sent. Uh, so uh, a jet fighter. It's like okay, we heard the whatever you know information you gave us. We're on our way. Uh, it's cool to see. Now Starscream transform, turns into his jet to meet up this other jet, and it's it's cool to see. Uh, Stars can just fucking destroy them and hit the eject button. Let's get the fuck out of here. Was cool to see. And this was the most fucked up part of this comic, and I loved the fuck out of it. So these two men from the military that literally just hit the eject button are, you know, their parachutes hit and they're floating down, and Starscream transforms into his, his, his robot self and claps on one of them and he kills one like that and it's fucking nuts to see um i'm not gonna ruin anything one of the military cats we find out is is a member of gi joe which was a nice nod um cool to see uh i'm not gonna go more into the story than that if if you guys are new to Transformers or just want something new that's current, this is a retelling of it. Um, it's a great hopping on point, barely issue number two. The art, issue number one, I didn't want to like because I was heavily involved and read the last IDW Transformers run. And the art in all those, especially by Livio Ramondelli, was fucking sick. Um, weird how I'm enjoying how gritty the art style is it complements the writing style so well and even though it's not i don't want to say as refined it works really well and if it, it it's gonna make sense when you guys read it it's really cool it's worth checking out next one is gonna be a bunch of marvel marvel comics x-men red number 15 through number 18 al ewing is the writer i love his writing style uh you'll you'll is the artist federico blee is the color artist um, VC's Ariana Mayer is a letter 15, number 15 issues, 15 starts off with a young boy and his inner monologue speaking about how he's been imprisoned for years. Then it jumps now to Storm and her crew. So they're on the island of Araco, um, and they're working on their plans to make their final stand in their war against Apocalypse's children. Uh, Genesis uh, is, is Apocalypse's daughter and her siblings, war, famine, pestilence, um, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. And um, this issue was just great to see how much more powerful, to see, again, how much more powerful Storm has become and taking out a Kraken with ease. Like, um, to see she has been an X-Men leader in the past. And to see her rip is fucking cool. Uh, so that's pretty much it, number 15, them trying to figure out 
the, the game plan. Number 16 starts off with one of the people of Araco, Saiza, looking for something that cannot just end this war, but put an end and take out everyone else on the opposite team. And this is called the uh, Uranos Trigger. As we see the battle that is now going on, um, as Storm and her crew have been hit with a massive surprise attack by Apocalypse's Cades, Famine, War, Pestilence, and Genesis now making their move. So Storm acts quickly to take out Famine. Um, and again, it's really cool to see like Storm is such a fucking badass now. And now she takes out Famine with ease. And now she has her next sight is on, on war now and we get this this uh dialogue between both of them which is really cool how war kind of starts talking shit on on storm like you you think you're uh you, you think you're you're what are you uh sorry <laughs> you think you're you're an omega mutant but you you don't have what it takes to take me out and um it's cool um to see this Battle between Omega-level mutants, and this is Storm speaking, has never been a matter of power, Little Flame. It's about versatility. I am the weather. I am pressure and temperature. I am wind. I am a whirlwind. I am many things, War, but you are one thing. You are fire. What are you when the fire leaves? And the way she just dismantles um, War is dope to see. So again, it's great. Um... It's an interesting title, but it's worth checking out. Number 17, it starts off with Apocalypse now gathering mutants and upping their abilities for what he feels um, his children, War, Famine, Pestilence, even Genesis, have dropped the ball with his vision. And he goes now to Storm to help her out. Uh, it's very cool um, to see the interaction between Apocalypse and Storm. Like, they have this mutual respect. And yes, Apocalypse is has been a villain, but the way he brought up was his saying was always survival of the fittest. And he's always taking care of Araco and Krakoa. And he's taking care of his mutant people. Um, so it's just to have the different visions now is very cool to see them working on the same side. So I enjoyed it. It was really cool. <clears throat> uh, I'm going to end with book of the week and next two are probably going to be book of the week too like this one is going to be an image another image comics title um i gravitated towards this one because i was a fan of this artist growing up as a kid tony daniel uh tony daniel did okay i hate rob liefeld <laughs> uh I, dude can't draw feet he, he's a douchebag of a fucking person um the rob <laughs> i still don't like you dude um so when he jumped off of x-force Tony Daniel and Kevin Conrad started doing X-Force, and I fell in love with both of these guys' art style from there. After that, um, Image Comics started, so around issue 15, 16 of X-Force is about when they left because Image Comics started proper in the 90s. And um, Todd McFarlane, who is the artist of Spawn, creator of Spawn, pulled these two guys along with another X-Force artist that was on there at the time. Greg Capullo, so uh, to help Todd McFarlane work on Spawn. So two two issues would drop, uh, and every other issue was these team of artists. One was, was Greg Capullo and Todd McFarlane uh, of Spawn, and then the next issue was Tony Daniel and Kevin Conrad. Uh, I know a long story. I always like giving you guys background on, on 
my history with these guys. So this one is Edenwood number one. Tony S. Daniel is the writer and the artist. I believe this is his first written comic book. Um, he's a killer fucking artist. Um, just pull up Tony Daniel and anyone you want to see that he's drawn. I'm pretty sure he's drawn your favorite characters, but it's worth checking out. This title starts off in Williams Bay, Wisconsin, one mile from the Edenwood barrier. As much uh, It starts off with a bunch of kids now gathered together looking out, looking for their pup. But they're happen, they happen to be hanging out on a beach. As you know, their dog goes missing, we see a simple view of each of these kids' personalities. I want to say they're like teenagers, high school-ish, uh, a mixture in there. So about maybe 15 to 18 because we have siblings there. Uh, the brother is obviously younger than the, the sister, it looks like. And we see a younger girl reading comics. So um, just a bunch of friends hang, hanging out. And we see the girl goes off looking for a dog named Adela. And um, they keep telling each other, we we can't go too deep into the woods or forest because we're going to get lost in there. And that's where the girl Adela goes. And she comes across a kid named Ryan, R-I-O-N, R-I-O-N. That happens to be, I don't know, it looks like boyfriend of the girl looking for her and her brother's dog now. But Ryan is like, yeah, I'm good to see you too. I missed you, but we can't go too deep into the forest. You know, we're going to get lost. We know something's going to, some, some bad's going to happen if we continue on. Um, and it's cool to see like that. The, 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 the kids happen to get now sucked into this world and that they happen to travel closer to the source, which is the forest. Um, so now we see Ryan is affected by something and Adela hears her dog barking. She's like, Ryan, did you hear that? And again, we see something happen with, with Ryan. Like he's like, no, I didn't hear anything. She's like, I want to continue on looking for the dog Pip. And so he finally comes across and, and notices that Adela gets sucked into this different world called Edenwood, this place where now, uh, Ryan, in search of his girlfriend, comes across a military dude. And as the military guy is about to die, we see his face just splatter out. And the art is amazing to see, like, uh, his skin get ripped off his fucking face, his bones, like, shattering off his fucking face. Just the visuals alone is great. And the way Tony Daniel draws already, anyways, is, is dope and beautiful to see. Um, so it's really cool to see... Again, how this face is just ripped off and where he comes across now, Bastille, uh, which is a gentleman that has a mask on and he's like, you need to be careful around here, kid. Like, he's like, have you seen my friend? You know, she's been here like 15 minutes. He's like, time passes completely different here. Like, I'm a hunter of demons and there are too many for, for you to even be here on your own. Can I go with you? If you can keep up, yes. But I'm going to do a lot of fucking killing, kid. And that's the story. Issue number one. Uh, the art was dope. We finally... It ends, and I don't want to ruin anything, but it ends with Ryan coming out of the forest. And as he comes out of the forest, like, he's wearing Bastille's clothes now. And as he comes out, we see um, Adela's younger brother now, like, working for the cops. And... So much time has passed, and he's like, have you guys? And he's like, is that you, Ryan? And he takes off the mask, and it's like, fuck, where the fuck have you been all this time? 
Um, so very curious at where the story is going to go. The art I'm in and on board with already. I loved it. Um, Book of the Week, and it's cool. I, I'm going to give it – look, I'm a fan already of Tony Daniels anyways, so this one, yeah, I'm on board, dude. Uh, Book of the Week, and Book of the Week 2 is going to be this one, another Marvel Comics title, Thanos, Return of the Mad Titan, number one. Christopher Cantwell is the writer. Luca Pizzari is the artist. Ruth Remond is the color artist. VCs Corey Pettit is the letterer. This one starts off in Fresno, California, with a young girl giving some inner monologue about her day-to-day life. So this is – her name is Roberta. Looks to be some sort of custodian, I guess, um, working at a hospital or, or even pharmacy of sorts. I'm sorry. Uh, It's those deep breaths. And she's replaying something in her head that she was watching. Um, And girl, homegirl looks reminiscent of death from, from, um, from the Sandman. A very gothy looking girl uh, that even happens to do something odd as she's cleaning up. Um, There's a rat trap with a rat in it and she's a custodian. She's cleaning up, but she's replaying this thing she was watching on her head, which is some stupid, cheesy, corny dating game and the way the story mixes well with the story art wise is dope because it works so well with each other like it's it is a love cheesy one of those reality shows and she's like i really like the guy on the show um except uh the girl he's after the girl's friends happen to tell him like dude you need to open up and be more vulnerable so it's fucked up because the story of the show is like um he tells the girl like when i was younger i witnessed my grandpa die at a young age and you know it was really fucked up and traumatic and i was with my grandma who also came across my grandpa and my grandma wanted me to kiss him goodbye so i kissed a dead body when i was a kid and it's fucked up because it's a reality show the girl was replaying in her head but the way it goes with the storytelling in general and the whole uh bigger uh picture of, of everything is fucking really cool so anyways just wanted to give you that cheesy background because it just works so well the storytelling with the art um so this name show she's watching uh, and she Again, going on through day to day, she picks up the rat and puts it in her pocket, which is like, what the fuck? Like, this is fucking weird. Um, and now the end of the, her work day, we now see her ending up at a cemetery visiting the grave of a Marie Collins, the year 20,000 to 2021, as we see um, her crying now, Roberta crying. And we see her now back at home, still watching the same cheesy show she was just going on about. And she finally crashes out only to be awoken by a very vivid vivid image of a screaming Thanos. And this is where the Marvel Comics precursor comes in. Thanos is called the Mad Titan, an eternal of immense strength, intellect, ambition, and bloodthirst. Once upon a time, he sought the heart of the goddess Death and used the Infinity Gauntlet to erase half the universe's population to win her love. But the pair had split by the time Thanos battled the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh... Uh, who shot him into a black hole hole Thanos has been missing and presumed dead ever since until now then we see Roberta back at her job again now this time being met by an old woman that recognized Roberta for this Marie person and she has to talk the old lady out of it like I'm not that girl like I don't know what you're talking about she's like no it's it's you you changed your hair you changed your look but it's still it's you and roberta doesn't know what she's talking about so it's really interesting next few pages and panels are dope to see as well as we see narrative what's going on with roberta and this old lady 
Now, as we see also what's going on in outer space, this giant ship preparing and shooting out this huge blast. As again, we see the narrative between this old lady and Roberta. And now this blast occurs, destroying a good portion of Fresbo. Fresbo. Uh, Fresno. Not going to lie, though, um, there's not much more than it can, that can be done to Fresno to fuck it up. Sorry, Fresno. I love you. Um, sorry, Fresno people. I don't think I have any Fresno listeners, but if I do, my apologies. But now as we see this attack, we see how much damage it's done to this pharmacy where Roberta works. <clears throat> Excuse me. And where, what she does to help out the people that are there shopping and even her own coworkers, um, tending to the injured and the hurt. As we see her go out of her way to help out the injured. It was, was cool to see. And the art is, is fantastic in this. And I have to say and add the action sequences, again, are, are dope to see. Um, the panic in people's eyes, the pages, panels, scenes now show a portion of Fresno now being tore apart from the earth. And again, I wish Fresno and a few Places in California could get ripped off the earth. Um, again, just kidding, Fresno people. I love you. Um, and again, I don't think I have any Fresno listeners, but uh, the pages are cool. So we see a giant part of Fresno getting pulled by this giant laser beam. And it's just the visuals are cool to see. Now, uh, she's out in the back helping out the people. And on the loudspeaker, we hear kind of Roberta come to the front of the store. And she's like, oh, fuck, who the fuck knows me? Like, what's going on? So she runs, makes her way over to the front of the store. We see a team now um, where she is cautious to meet them. But the people that have called her to the front happen to be Iron Man in a diamond uh, costume suit. We see uh, Emma Frost, White Queen. We see Reed Richards, Doctor Strange. And we see that they're there to protect her. And from what it is that is after her that they're completely aware of. And that they're there to help her, but they know they're badasses. They know we're in for a fucking fight. We're fucked. Um, so very cool. The art I loved. Um, uh, the, to see this team, um, I want to say very Illuminati um, team, which we haven't seen an, an Illuminati team uh, in the longest time. They've been dismantled, disbanded for the most part. So um, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Edenwood. I, I enjoyed all these. It was It's nice to feel that reading is not a chore, and it was not a chore this week. So yeah, that's all I got. Uh, that was a long show, and I think I mentioned question of the week earlier. Um yeah, I normally give a different context of it, but yeah, I'm hurt, I'm beat up, I'm banged up, but I'm good. Like, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. So, yeah. Uh, do me a huge favor, guys. Find the podcast in iTunes, Stitcher's Dead. Anywhere you guys can find podcasts. Share the podcast with anyone and everyone, like-minded people. If you guys liked the article in the beginning of the show, let me know. I have way more articles like that. I'm going to pop in here and there. And Deep Dives and Rabbit Holes is going to get released. Jeez, next two weeks I have two more Comic Syndicate issues episodes I'm going to put out for you guys. And then probably around Christmas I'm going to do the the deep dives and rabbit holes. Um, But yeah, they're going to be fun. They're good. And I'm very curious what you guys think about those. All right, find the show. Subscribe. You guys rock as always. I will catch you guys next week. Peace out.